Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Malawi, Philippines. It's amazing when those people say, you're an American. How the real people there, not the news people, how the real people see us as a nation. They, if they could get there, they would because they could be part of this. I'm just very thankful to be here today. Uh, our news media is not even news. And uh, there are going to be all kinds of things on TV and media, social things today and tomorrow. Just remember, I stood at the Vietnam Memorial and found my friend, Bobby Basilovac, his name right there, died. I was this close, four numbers away from being drafted into Vietnam. My whole life would have been different. I have no idea what would come. But I do know that my grandpa lost part of his hearing and some of his stomach because of a bomb. Uh, Oli was driving, a, Deborah's dad was driving a Jeep when mortar shells went through. The guy sitting next to him and the one behind, a mortar shell went through them. It's hard to conceive what our men and women have had to face all this time. But this nation started with the pilgrims fleeing religious persecution, wanting to worship Jesus freely and they risked their lives to come, and that's how this nation started. That can never be changed by new history. That's exactly what happened. This nation was founded in prayer and in the name of Jesus, and it's just that simple. And it's important uh, that we never forget where we came from and where we're going, because there's going to be... Uh, there's going to be a clear divide, if it's not already seen, between Christians in this nation and non. And those who don't believe, they just don't believe. Okay? But then there's the aggressive other side of that, and you're going to hear a lot of it. And it's just very, very important that you remember and not shut up or cower. Amen. This is the time the church must be heard and not silenced. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. And we pray right now with everybody online, thank you for joining us, and we pray for our church members that are traveling this holiday weekend. They've gone out while they're there, and on the way back. Oh, they go in safety. You use them strategically, Lord, to talk to certain people and, and plant the seed, water the seed, but cause families to come to Jesus, cause people to reach out in the dark and be that light and be love that they have not seen. I just thank you, Lord. Amen. We have a former member, members of our church, a husband and wife that I married and helped disciple uh, that uh, their house burned down. Phil and Shauna Carpenter. Oh, okay. Phil, Phil's sick, uh, Nikki uh, and Zach uh, Paulson, their house burnt. Uh, if this touches your heart in any way, please just 
if you want to give an offering towards it, just give it to Deborah. And uh, we're going to, I don't know how we can respond exactly what needs to be, but we're going to try to because we have a lot of fond, wonderful memories and would love to be a blessing to them if we possibly can. Okay? You know, we just be us. Um, I'd like to talk to you today uh, scripturally. You have to stay awake. You have to be on your toes. Are you ready? I'm not going to teach a topic like crazy love or crazy faith. I'm going to speak prophetically to this church today. I'm going to have divine utterance of direction and the will of God for what's going on in our life. This is prophetic. I'm not prophesying, saying this date, this date. I am speaking prophetically into this church what the Holy Spirit wants to go on with this church. So I want you to have your ears open and your hearts open to the things of the Lord. Uh, we've had, since we started Wednesday nights, uh, that was a long break from when we didn't have a place to meet on Wednesdays and stuff like that, to then we had COVID and then I was in the hospital. I, I longed to start on Wednesday nights just to grow deeper and to, uh, if you will, push myself as well as push you all into the deeper things of God and to keep them ever in front of you. Uh, we say things like, where two or three gather, he's in the midst. We say it so quickly, do we really comprehend he's in the midst? Could we be like the apostles? It says, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. It's like he's sitting right at the table with them making the decision. Because he, he's done something, if it's only this, then it's worth it. But I believe there's more revelation to come. We've met... 16 times on Wednesday night since we started. Five of those nights, he has, and I give him the credit, something has happened with our lights that is mechanically not able to happen. We have one of them on film that it happened. It happened again last Wednesday night. Uh, there's a row of cans right there, four of them. Right behind them, there's a row of four. One of the lights went crazy. The, the whole stream, the whole line would have to go crazy. Nobody was in the sound booth to turn them on. Nobody touched anything. It just went off. And if all he's saying to us, I'm here today with you. Be more aware of me than you ever have been before. That I want to use you as part of this community to do the job I've given this church to do. And it's very, very important. I don't know. I'm just telling you, we've been at this for a bit, and the Holy Spirit's been, people have been instantly healed here on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. Uh, we've had words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We've had certain things prayed over and breakthroughs, deliverances. Uh, I'm just saying... I believe this next six months is so awesomely positioned as a church to do what he called us to do. But we must follow him, not follow a procedure. We're not putting him into a form. He can interrupt anytime. He can talk. If you got something, I'm wide open. I've already received a message in text today, a word of knowledge that is accurate to what the message is. I couldn't be here, 
but he texted me because he knew it was the Holy Ghost. And I'll, I'll put those two together as I go down the message. If you turn to John chapter 15, also realize when Jesus teaches, he's very aware of what he's already said in other places and earlier in the day or later. He, he is continuing. He's not just a verse speaker. He's talking like he said, there was a man. Well, they're walking by a field while he's sowing. It's an ongoing thing. And so when he uses certain words and certain illustrations and parables, he's trying to bring a truth across to us. This is one of the big ones. This is John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, or the vine dresser. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. See, every branch beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges. Now, I'm not a gardener, but I get to what? I get to go get, Deborah say, go down to Lowe's, I go get the stuff, I bring it back, she puts it together. I have no clue what I'm doing other than I carry the stuff, get the stuff, pay for the stuff. Fair enough? That's, that's my side. But she's really good at it. And outside our deck are, what are those big bushes? Hydrangea. How many know what a hydrangea is? Well, I got three or four hands. They grow up and they can be, oh, seven, eight feet tall. And our deck is there and the hydrangeas were a little bit out of control. So Deborah topped them off. We find out by going online that by topping them off, you could have inhibited the plant from blossoming. Now, our next door neighbor between our garage and her house, she's got some of these, and they're huge, and they've blossomed. Now, ours is green and looks good, but there ain't no blossom. What I'm trying to tell you is when he uses the word that he prunes, that's not he beats the snot out of you to make you a good little trooper. He talks to Jim McGaffin about areas of my life that need to be snipped off that are not helping me in my walk with him. He's not beating me up. He's saying, Jim, don't do this. Don't say here. Do this. And he's trimming off on me stuff I don't need in my thinking and my behavior. Does he do that with you? Jim, don't. We're not doing that. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, now you're clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. Okay, the word abide is to be connected. You'd have to forcibly disconnect it. And that's, if I abide at your house, they'd have to formally, powerfully move me from your house because I'm not going. Abide means to live and dwell with. So we're Here's the picture, well, I'll just do it this way. How many know that this is a plant? Okay, we're all on the same page then. <laughs> Got all these beautiful flowers. I don't want to kill it. But how many know if I dig down and throw dirt at cypress? 
me do it again. That was fun. <laughs> I, I, hit, I hit what I aim at, okay? There's dirt in here. And there are roots underneath here. Jesus in Mark 4 used the term good dirt, different, four different kinds. There's rocky, hard, stony, weedy, and then there's good ground. If Deborah's going to plant this at our house, it can't be planted in gravel or rock or even sand for it to grow. It's got to be in good dirt. Because in the dirt are the minerals necessary to feed it. When you put God's word into your heart, good ground, in it is the necessary ingredients to feed your faith so that your faith produces. Here is, oh gosh, I can do it for a visual. I can pull the whole sucker out. It has a base. Everything comes out of that base. There's the vine of it, if you will, and the branches. Every one of us are a branch connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, you don't live. If you want to walk in the things of the Spirit of God, you have to stay connected to it. If not, you know it'll wither and die. And then this plant, you know. Well, I see here, here's one of the things that didn't stay produced. It just sort of dried up. I don't want a life, if I'm connected to the vine, I don't want a life that doesn't produce a beautiful flower. Every flower that is produced is unique to itself and gorgeous. I can look around our backyard and there's pink ones, white ones, red ones, all over the place. And it's beautiful to look at. Every one of us is a white one, a red one, blue one, whatever it is, we are flowers that should be bearing fruit. Not just like what we've got with all those three bushes. They got trimmed and they're not going to produce what our neighbors got. They still look good and next year we'll get them. But I'm trying to tell you here, it says, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abides in me, he is cast forth as a branch. If he abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch that withers. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. You can ask what you will. What will you ask? What confidence do you have in when you ask, you got it? Confidence. If you're connected to the vine daily, getting the flow of nutrients and water up there, you have a connection, when that's there, there's no separation. The flower doesn't wonder what it's going to be. It beads the flower. I don't wonder what kind of Christian I'm going to be. I is one. I walk with him. He walks with me. Amen? Okay, I'll put this down for a moment. You got the point? Because I'm going to use a few more words. Let's go to Ephesians Chapter 3. 
Ephesians 3 and verse 17. I ask for grace for, from you all. This is a new Bible, and the pages stick together a lot. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That Christ, Jesus, would dwell, live in your heart by faith. People who don't know Jesus don't have him there, and they have an emptiness that they try so hard to fill with so many other things that Jesus alone can bring this the completion, the satisfaction. Amen? That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Okay, now the plant picture. Rooted, roots got to come down, and planted. It is important that you be planted in his kingdom. I don't want to be, I want to be a plant that comes up every year, not the one that is there just for a short season and then dies because it's not in It's not planted the right way. And the key thing in this is in love. The church must love in the God kind of love like the world has never seen. That love has got to be so visual in their life that they see something different in how you live and how they live. Rooted and grounded. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians 5 while we're there. Oh, let, yeah, we'll go to Ephesians 5. We're real close. This has got to get easier. I had opened up every scripture pages yesterday. There we go. Ephesians 5, verse 26. Now here he's talking about a husband and wife and Christ to the church. Husbands, love your wives. This is verse 25. Even as Christ loves the church, he gave himself for it. That he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the watering of the word. Now, I'm instructed as a man married to this wonderful lady that she is designed of God for words to come out of me to wash her and bless her. Because my example is what Jesus says to his church. She's designed to receive that washing. I'm designed to give it. Different roles in marriage. Okay? But let's take it, the washing. That plant here, if you don't water it, it ain't going to live. Deborah goes through a thing on the front porch area and two sections in the back. that She goes out with the watering can, waters them every day. If they don't get water in this heat and this sun, they ain't going to last. Well, we're supposed to take God's word and water our lives with it. That's why Promise 22 is so important. You're going to the proverb of the day and an epistle, and you're doing a disciplined walk rather than just every once a week. No, every day, just a few moments, and you're putting the word of God in and watering you. If you're this plant, you're getting watered. I have water here. And... I could water the plant, but I'm not going to because I'm going to water me. But you all understand it takes watering. If you're connected to the vine, you're one of the branches, you're bearing much fruit, watering becomes important, particularly in the heat of the year when it really gets hot. When life gets really hot, 
then you need to water the plants all the more. Agreed? Yeah. Okay, because we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. Six, as you therefore have received Christ as Lord, so walk in Him. If you received Him, walk in Him. Yeah. That seems simple. Amen. Walk in Him. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into all the truth and show you things to come. Let Him talk to you every day. Now, verse 7 says this rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding there with thanksgiving. You've been rooted and built up and established in your believing and speaking, which equals faith. Would you like to watch uh, online viewing of what you said all last week, every day, the words that came out of your mouth? Would you be happy with that? What you believe in your heart comes out your mouth. Yeah. You're going to renew your mind and different things will come out of your mouth when you water the plant. It nourishes it, it feeds it, and makes it work. But we're supposed to be rooted, grounded, and with thanksgiving. Oh, you know, it's so hard being a Christian in, in year 2022 in America. You haven't been in other places where it's life and death to be a Christian. You know what? We're supposed to be thankful. Today... Tomorrow, thankful for what God has done for us and the privilege he purposed in us while we were in the womb, his creation, that we would be born at this time in this nation. He has then a purpose why you were born, why you're here. It's not an accident. There's a purpose to you and being in America right now. Oh, man, I wish I was back there with John Wayne. John Wayne might not want to have been back there when it was actually 1880. No plumbing. Real Indians. I, maybe John enjoys making movies a whole lot better. How many want to go back to be a caveman? Any, show of hands, please. Oh, okay. Uh, how many want to live... Um, it just goes on and on. You were born for now. And you're here. You can help solve some problems that you were designed to solve for the kingdom of God. Now inside, I know what I have in my pocket. I know where the power packed is. I, I, you know, I know where my water is. I know things about my life. One of the things we all should know is at least at the starting point, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are already in you. They're all in you. But which ones you acknowledge or recognize? Because at the very least, you can put them to work more. Well, I've never done this. Well, but have you, have you done this? How about the ministry of helps? There are people who not only help, but it's like everything they touch is, is better. It just explodes. That's a ministry. It's called... The gift of helps. 
church, there are gifts inside every person here that I am to provoke you enough (laughs) in love that I'll stir up the gifts with you so that they can be employed to help people. Just feeding the the police and fire out of honor. We started that after 9-11 to honor them because our society got to the point where they weren't honoring the police and the fire. They weren't honoring the soldiers who gave their lives. One of the most moving moments of my adult life, Deborah and I were coming down, if you've ever been to Dallas Airport, their tram system is above. So you go up, you get on the trams, and you go to whatever, uh, what do you call them, terminal. And then when you get off, you got to go down the longest escalator I've ever been in my life. It's a solid three stories down escalator. It be a long escalator. As we're coming down, and uh, we got to go down, we, Gator, we got to, uh, uh, and we get about two-thirds done. We're down to, oh, the ceiling to the floor would be good. And all of a sudden you hear, and we go, is there a problem? Is there some kind of, you know, uh, demonstration, some kind of fight going on? And then others started clapping. Up there, coming across from another area that was separate from this, is a glass walkway and American soldiers were being coming home I saw a whole terminal bar no one packed terminal stand turn and applaud these people I just sat there oh my god oh my god there are gifts inside of you that everybody needs got to get them out of you well how do you do that one Love. Learn to love people and help people in love. That's where you start. Well, I don't have any money to give. Give your time. Give your faith. Give your involvement. Why didn't you give anything towards the police and fire? Can you help make it? Can you help put it together? Can you help deliver it? Really? Yeah, it makes a difference. And every time you water the plant, more fruit comes and the more fruit that comes, the more will come. By the way, a really pretty plant, people come over and look at and smell. The more you bear fruit, people will watch you and want to see you. It's evident. Amen? <laughs> Let's go to Psalms just for a few moments. Psalms 102. And I've screwed up again. Statistics say through COVID, over 150,000 churches in America closed and did not reopen. 150,000 not to reopen. You divide 50 states in 150, it goes in there, what is it, 300 per state? Or 3,000? 3,000 per state. Nebraska, 
3,000 churches close, not to reopen. And then they did other studies. And you know why people didn't come back to church and they didn't come back to some jobs? The number one fear is not death at this point in our nation. The number one fear is that people are afraid to get connected to others. I don't want to get COVID, but there's a lot more behind that is that people don't want to be connected. They'd rather stay by themselves. And so that's not the body of Christ. That's not a root system going down. Remember the redwoods, how big they are and how powerful they are? Okay, you can't blow them over. But their roots only go down 15 feet in ground. But they go down 15, but they go out hundreds of yards this way. All the redwoods connect with all the other redwoods. You can't blow one over without taking them all over. Why do we gather as a church? It says in Psalms 1 and 2, and I'll have to find it. You be planted in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house. Well, I don't think I have. I can just watch online. You can if that's what you have to do. But it's best if you're planted in the house of the Lord because what you need Lucas might have the answer for you. And what Jack needs, somebody who isn't here could be here and help him. You're planted in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. It's always good to be planted by the rivers of living water. So when it's hot outside, those roots are down deep and you're on the water. Holy Ghost, got to have the Holy Ghost in my life. Amen? Let's go to Saul. Let's go to Psalms 1. Psalms 92. She got me. Did you do that by memory? Ah. 92, 13. Which, which verse? 12 and 13. Okay. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of God, the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Planted, that's exactly the right one. Thank you. Planted. How easy is it for you to be uprooted? You get your feelings hurt? I've seen women and men leave church chasing another woman or another man. God had nothing to do with it, you were just chasing somebody. And what I know very seldom, I can't really can't recall any time that worked. God planted you somewhere, that's where your roots are. And no matter how hot it is, if they're down deep, you'll get the water. Amen? Okay. Now in a moment, we're going to head over to 1 Samuel 17. This is one of my favorite things to preach about. But it's also important to understand the truth behind it. You're planted, right? You're, you're, you're a plant. You're a flower. You're, you're on the branch. It's also you're a warrior. The church cannot lay down and play dead. It must be offensively minded against the kingdom of darkness. And that's going to take you speaking and acting on the word in any situation there is. In any situation. 
Deborah and I were out eating the other day, and there were two ladies that uh, had their salads and teas next to us, and I just had it in my heart to pay for their lunch. But our waitress said, oh, no, they've already had their bill, so they had just put the money out on that. I want to do that. So I embarrassed myself. Normally, I don't let anybody know that that's what we're doing. So you can tell them after we leave, but, you know, I, don't, I didn't do it to get thanks. I did it to be a blessing. And I turned to the lady, and I said, you can just pick up your money, ma'am. And she said, what? I said, I've already paid for it. She said, no, 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 you can't. I said, I've already done it. It's going to go in my car. You take your money and do something to bless somebody else because I desire to bless you today. Look on her face when someone said, I desire to bless you today. You can see it on their face. They don't get that very often, and they need it from us. Wow, how, how can you be like that? How can Roger Hester be like Roger Hester? Jesus is the difference. And you must speak him and de demonstrate him every day. Every day. Okay? Psalms. Yeah, Psalms 1. Psalms 1. This is verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not at the counsel of the ungodly, but nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. I don't want to be with that group. Don't want to be around people who give wrong counsel with wicked ideas. I don't want to stand in the path of sinners. I don't want to be in that group. Don't want to be there. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. Okay? Next verse. But he delights in the law of the Lord. He delights in God's word, in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meditate simply means to ponder, to chew on, to roll over and over. Use your imagination. But think of the scriptures. Read the scripture, the proverb of the day. Pick out a verse and have it with you. Have it with you. Because somewhere in the day, the Holy Spirit's going to use you. And you got to be watered and you got to be ready. Amen? Okay. Now, I had someone today give me a text this morning, a word of knowledge. I played sports. I played football. I know the coaches in professional football in college will scout the team they're going to play, find out what kind of defense they play, what kind of offense they use. They will then come up with a game plan with the talent that they have, how to counteract that to win the game. And for a long time, uh, Tom Osborne almost left Nebraska to go coach at Colorado because he couldn't win the big games. It was when he learned how to adjust at halftime. When the adjustments came out, that's when Nebraska started winning championships, the adjustments. So you can have a game plan, but as Pastor Buddy Harrison told me, Jim, life is adjust and repair. Nothing ever stays exactly the same way. So you must be willing to adjust. You've got to have done. This is the thing that, uh, for me, that the game plan came to me. That was the word. But it confirmed the game plan I have in Samuel 17. And this is David killing Goliath. And he talks about his training, where he would use the sling and get the, the wolf or the lion, the bear, to go, but... Oftentimes they also had a sheep in their mouth. 
David ran them down and killed the bear and the lion with his hands. A 15-year-old boy was not afraid to take down a bear. Merritt Weiss has done some big game hunting. What would it be like to have one of those things coming, getting really close, and all you got is your bare hands? It's not a good day. I want to tell you, David had a plan. It says in 1 Samuel 17 that David wanted to go out and fight him. Saul's men wanted to put Saul's armor on him so he'd have a full set of armor to go out and face Goliath. David's not a 12-foot man who's a seasoned warrior. He's a 15-year-old boy. He then turns down the armor, and he says in that, in verse 39, I've not proven it. I haven't won with this. I'm going to go fight the enemy with what I've won. Now, as a pastor, what I've tried to do is teach you things, and I don't try to teach someone else's message. I try to teach you stuff that I've won with. So I have confidence that when you go out there and you're going to have your fight, I, I know that you have the right instructions to get it done. So he said, I'm not going out there or I haven't proven that. I'm going out with a sling. By the way, he, t- he says he gets five stones. I've said it many times. He kills Goliath. But Goliath historically had four brothers. And in David's lifetime, David killed all four brothers. He got one. He got all four. Now what's important here. Uh, you sit there and for 40 days hear Goliath go out in the field. Now, the Philistines are up here up on a rise. It goes down into the valley. The, the Israelis are up here on a rise. Uh, it's always better to attack from being above someone than below them. And Goliath's out there in the middle of the field. And every day he defies the God of Israel. And those men take it. King Saul is over seven feet tall. He's head and shoulders above most Israeli men. He's something to look at. Like if you saw a Hulk Hogan, he was big and and he stands out. But Goliath's 12 feet plus. Goliath's not 10 and 1. He's 10 and 0. Everybody knows who this guy is. Now, Goliath is ticked. He will say, why did you send this ruddy little pipsqueak out to fight me? And David calls him uncircumcised. When he called him uncircumcised, he called him a Gentile, a dog. He said, you don't have a covenant. I killed the bear and the lion because I have a covenant with God. And you'll be just like them. You don't have a covenant, and I do. Family members, you got gifts of the Spirit inside you. You can take down any Goliath you want. Comes up in your life. You can get set free of drugs, anger, depression. You can change your career. You can, the bless, you can walk in things. You have a covenant. Now, Goliath's really ticked off. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Goliath's going to run at David. David said in verse 47, the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. 
when you're praying, when you're interceding for people, is the battle yours, is on your power, your might, or is what the Holy Ghost doing inside you? Doing inside you. Man, I love that song uh, from Elevation. When I, someone's battles, yeah. It just says, it. I'm sorry, I don't want to fight in my strength. I want to fight in the Holy Spirit's strength. Yeah. I got to have a game plan. But I'm not weak. I'm strong. Yeah. Remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. And anything you're going through, keep your joy. Yeah. Keep your joy. Yeah. And you stay strong. Yeah. You're watering yourself. All these things work in the whole picture of having a life that's filled with the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. Are you a warrior? Yes. Well, you could be a whiner or a wimp or you could be a warrior. Wimp doesn't take on the fight. Whiner says, why is God allowing? Why, why, why? A winner gets up and says, thus saith the Lord, and attacks. Goliath ran at David. It says, David ran at the army. Key, he's going to get them all. He's expecting divine intervention, not knowing how it's going to come, but he's expecting it. He runs at the whole dadgum army. 15 years old. The guys got up out of their foxholes and charged, and the Israelis had a huge battle victory. But a 15-year-old boy said, you don't have a covenant. I'm not afraid of you. Do you have a covenant? Then don't be afraid of the things that come your way. Don't be afraid of the things that come your way. Whose strength will you fight in, yours or his? Whose strength? Will you try to fight with yours or his? Amen? Am I doing okay today, guys? Because yes. I want to take us as a church family in the next six months of stuff we aggressively must do to continue in the move of the Holy Spirit and to see the results of the kingdom take place. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Uh, I have some relatives that uh, <clears throat> are not born again. They occasionally get on Facebook and say stuff that really irritates me, makes me mad. Anybody have anybody like that in their life? And you want to go back at them, but you say, what good would it do? And so you don't do it, because if you answer a fool, you're worse than the fool. That's what it says, so just leave it alone. But with the passion I had that got me mad, when was the last time I prayed for their salvation with that kind of passion? I want you to get out a wanted list. I want you to get a wanted poster up in your apartment or, or your house. When was the last time you prayed for your, the relatives, your brothers, your sisters, your grandkids, your cousins, with passion for their salvation. Because if they die, they're going to hell. While you're looking around, they go to hell. Well, they don't want to hear anything I got to say. It doesn't have to be you. Get me somebody else who will plant the seed, water the seed, reap the harvest. But someone, I can intercede. I can get my passion for my sisters not to go to hell, my brother and my grandsons and my... Where's the passion for them not... Have an eternity in hell. 
So when I ask us in the week to invite two people to church, witness to at least one, I got to have my passion. If I pray for my family. Then I'll realize, use me, Lord, to buy a lunch to touch to do. I have to ride on this little chair. Like Mary Poppins. But the thing that I enjoy about it is that on the wall going down are picture are pictures of every one of our kids. And I look at them and I speak to them and pray over Micah, James, Mark, and Mercedes all the way down. I'm gonna go down and spend some time in the Word. I just spent some time in the Holy Ghost. Just praying for my family. Find out two of my grandsons got filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. X and Zai. Last year. They're going to high school. They're in teenagers. They're high school. Do I pray with a passion and a plan? Now I'm asking you to. This place should be filled to overflowing. They're not going to come unless you invite them. I can get on TV and do a bunch, spend millions of dollars to get people to come. Some will come once. But if you touch their life and you invite them, they'll come. Well, I don't know. I invited my cousin once. Invite him again. You don't know between the last time you said something till now how many seeds have been planted, how much has been watered. You don't know. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. Neither are they. Neither the people at your job, people you run into, why not invite them? Just maybe they'll give their life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mark 16, Jesus is ready to go to heaven. And he says, go out into all the world. I've traveled some, but I have not been to every place in all the world. Nobody can do all the world. The literal Greek there means into the world where you live. Go out on your job and be the light for Jesus and the love giver and attract people to you. You're just trying to get the church filled. Yes, I am with people who get saved who fall in love with Jesus. I don't need a church filled with doubt, unbelief, and, and strife. But my job is to train you like the coach, train you with a game plan. Get out there. The whole thing about uh, the underground was to save that age group that got just out of high school to age 23 where they would put Jesus first in their decision making. We changed our entire budget and our resources so that those young men and women would have a chance to live for Jesus as adults and not let the world eat them up like they do at colleges. 90% of Christian kids who go to college don't serve Jesus when they get out. The environment eats it alive. So you better be strong. You better have a war plan. You better be willing to fight if he's your Lord. If he's your Savior. Then you fight. And he equips you with the Holy Spirit. The battle's not even fair. It's stacked on our side. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. In Luke 14, 23, 
was about the story where a bunch of people invited to a banquet. They didn't come, so the, uh, the boss sent them out on, to get people to come. And when they went out there and tried to get a bunch, it says that it still had room in the house. We have room in the house. You know what he did? He said, go out and compel them to come. I'm talking to all of us. I'm compelling you to go get them. In the world where you live. He'll use you. He'll use you. Now here's the one. There's a town. Uh, this is Matthew 16, 18. We were there in that city when we went to Israel. It's where the Romans would go to party and get away from the Jews. They get pretty tired of the Jewish culture and they want to get away from it and go be Romans and pagans. There's a cave there that goes down so deep it is referred to as the gate of hell. They worship. You can look it up online. It's right there. They worshiped the demons, they believed demons flowed from hell itself out there and embodied or took over people's bodies and the orgies and the sacrifices were absolutely, everybody knew about this. Everybody knew. And if you are a kosher, straight Jew, you don't go to this city or this place. You just don't do it. Jesus takes his team. Now we know for sure that Peter was over 21 because Jesus and Peter had to pay taxes, and you didn't have to pay taxes to your 21. doesn't say the other disciples paid any taxes. It is assumed that they are somewhere between 15 and 20 years old. The other apostles who didn't know what it was to cast out a demon to heal the sick come back rejoicing. Jesus says, you know, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be happy about that. They went out without Jesus. They've been with Jesus when he did it. They went out there without him. And they preached the good news to people who didn't know it was coming. They healed the sick. There's plenty of sick out there that need the healing power that is in your hands right now. And you can cast out demons. Easy ones to aim at are people who are so depressed, they're so medicated. That's not, that's not all. They got deeper problems. Set them free. But Jesus says to his men, it is upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's standing at the gates saying that won't win. This thinks it can take all the people. I'm standing here and watch me take them away from you. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. Take some people out of the grips of that gate. Get them out. Love them. Touch them. Smile. Be nice. Listen to which one the Holy Spirit says go to. In, in lines, which is going to be my cashier. Go to the one he tells you to. Whatever it is. Lord, what do you want me to do? When something breaks down in my plan, I go, okay, Lord, what do you want? What do you want me? Where do you want me to go? Something's going on. And he'll tell you. Go into all the world where you live. Compel them to come. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. You're anointed to run, church. Him flickering the lights off is just a sample saying, I'm right here with us right now. This room has been filled with his presence since we gathered together. And that's just not Jim preaching. You can sense it. You, you know something's going on. And he's here. And angelic beings are with us. We're going out of here ready for war to win souls that the enemy thinks he's got. We're taking them out of his hand and bring him in the kingdom of God. Amen. In the kingdom. And who knows? Do you know a man preached the Appalachia for 14 days in a revival? One person got saved, a teenage, young teenage boy. Only one. Think it mattered? His name's Billy Graham. Only one. Do you think Billy Graham made a difference? That guy did the, nobody's coming. If you're an evangelist, you're supposed to win souls and nobody's coming. It's a pretty disgusting time. But one came. And he changed our world in our lifetime. The anointing of God in you and on you makes the difference. He's always in me. He'll never leave me or nor forsake me. Love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. That love that's in there, He gave me. But I also know when He's on me to do something. And I can give it to other people. And I can lay hands on the people. And I can speak the word. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'll pray for you. Okay, get an attitude and pray. Get an attitude. Pray, fight. Don't roll over. That's scripture for this morning. Battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Aren't you concerned that you might tick off demons? And They're afraid of me. They couldn't stop me getting born again. They couldn't stop you. When they had you at your weakest moment, they couldn't stop you. And they can't stop you now that the word, the sword of the Spirit, is in your hand and out your mouth. Amen. Gotta make sure I get there. Hebrews 10 35. Now, again, I'm addressing this. I'm sending you out. I'm commissioning you to accomplish a task. Well, I, I just find it hard to talk to people. Talk to them. Get over it. Have victory over it. Well, what if they don't want I, I feel so embarrassed. Why? I'm not going to be embarrassed because I love Jesus Christ. Don't you? Don't you? Yeah, but you don't understand. I understand. I've been there too. But you don't have victory until you get in the fight. You can talk about the fight all you want. Get in the ring. John Wayne, real Lobo, bad sheriff. I should have taken you this morning. John, you should have tried. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Do the will of God, receive the promise. For you, uh, 
for yet a little while, and he shall come, it will come, and he won't tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any of you draw back, my soul will not have any pleasure in him. Lord, you can count on me. Let him count on you then. Lord, use me. Let him use you. Don't pull back. Engage yourself. Be involved in, in the body of Christ. Planted in the church. Encouraging one another. Helping one another. Praying one for another. And let the very gifts that God's given you that are in your life help somebody else besides you. But we are not of them that draw back to perdition. But we are them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're not pulling back. We've got a job to do. I want souls for the kingdom of God. For what I went through and am going through and the fight that I've had, well, I'm doing better now. I'll just pull over and park. No. I want to fight. I want to win. I want to do the will of God in my life by the Holy Spirit. In some ways, I wish... I was back when I first met Deborah in the first couple years when I was 22, 23, 24. So on fire for Jesus. Got asked all over the place up to three hours away to come do Bible studies because of what God was doing in my life and the miracles. I wish I was that age, but I can't be. So I'll train up as many as I can get my hands on that age and have them do it. Become the husbands and the wives they're supposed to be. To become the parents they should be. And if I'm single, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, not a girl or a boy. I'm seeking first the kingdom because my future is in the kingdom. I was searching after God when I met her. Had no plans to get engaged in one week, Sunday to Sunday. From all that was thrown at us not to get married, her side, my side. It was a lot. But you know what? We found each other pursuing God with all our heart. I didn't go over here, over here to a bar, to this or that, to find my significant other to be in a relationship with. I found her when we were seeking God together. And I just encourage you, if you're single, get married if you want. If you don't, don't. But whatever you do, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. laying in the bed. You just had your oh gosh, fifth or sixth operation and they took the leg. I'm all by myself. If I don't seek first the kingdom of God, I'm all by myself. I'm not pulling back because I want him with me at all times, in me, using me, talking with me, helping me, doing stuff. Don't you? We're commissioned to win souls. You start by being nice and inviting two people a week at least to come. But also, you can lead someone. It's so joyous to lead someone to Jesus, to hear them say those words while you're holding their hands. See their eternity change, that all heaven rejoices because you had a part in it. The same way when you gave your life to Jesus. Didn't everything change? 
I encourage you today, and I bless you in the name of Jesus. If you're here and you don't know him, just pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask him to be my Savior. I receive him in my heart. I'm cleansed from all my sin. And I believe you have a plan for my life. Amen. Hey, didn't you just do it? So if you do it in here, you can do it out there. It wasn't tough. It wasn't tough. But it touched your heart because you went through the same thing. Don't pull back. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't quit. Get an attitude and get in there. In the world where you live. In the world where you live. The Hebrew 10 scripture that I just read to you came from a word of knowledge from last Sunday to this Sunday. That's all I paid attention to all week. Because I'm supposed to let you know we're all connected. And we all have the potential to be beautiful and bear fruit. Stay planted in the church in good ground. Get watered. And then have a plan when you attack. Have a plan. My favorite line in the Avengers. Anybody ever watch that movie? If you have grandsons, you've watched it 400 times. We watched it all the way to El Paso. It was on the overhead. Okay? But Tony Stark, who is Iron Man, uh, Captain America, they open up the back of the plane, and there's going to be a fight, and... Uh, Captain America says, wait, we got to have a plan. Iron Man from, I have a plan. Attack. Attack. And don't tolerate him stealing from you. Your joy, your finances, your health. Don't tolerate that. You put up the barrier for that, and you get up there, and you will help somebody else get free of that, because your border is taken care of. Don't take that garbage. Because the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. Isn't it? The battle is the Lord's. Is the Lord's. Is the Lord's. A mentor of mine who's now in heaven told me, Jim, when I go, I want to go out and battle. That's the one thing I've asked the Lord for. Then I go out and battle. They're having fun downstairs. But you know what? I've been pastoring now for 40 years. I didn't do this for a career. I did this for my Savior. And the assignment is still to win the lost. Win the lost. If you deliver the food tomorrow handed it to him, say, let me just offer a prayer of thanksgiving. Fifteen seconds. Who knows who might bite on that bait? Who knows? Be a blessing. Amen? Okay, you're the vine. Have a plan of attack. Don't be a whiner or a wimp. Be a warrior. Get an attitude. By the way, dear friend of mine, 
one of my closest, went home. He's out of the hospital. And he called me twice a week from when I started, and now I call him. And i just let you know, say over and over again, have an attitude. Get an attitude. Recognize killing, robbing, and destroying, not at my house. Not with my family, not with my kids. Not with my grand. No way. Little Merritt is perfect against everything they said. He's perfect. They only practice medicine. I'm thankful for that. But they don't have the final word. They don't. Killing, robbing, and destroying, attack it. Won't tolerate it. Love people of all kinds, all backgrounds. Even the dumb ones. I mean, no, there's plenty of stupid out there. There be not a shortage of stupid. There just isn't. But you don't have to join in. Why don't you just be a blessing and love them and go on? Because, boy, I was a stupid before I gave my life to Jesus. Now I are smarter. Amen? Stand your feet for me, please. I hope you've enjoyed today. You need prayer in your body. Raise your hand. Right where you're at. Raise your hand. Chris in the back. Anyone else? Right here behind Lucas. Okay, body, you know what to do. Be polite and loving. Get your hands on them. You don't learn to pray for the sick till you pray for the sick. I just wouldn't feel comfortable. If you were sick, wouldn't you want to work through being uncomfortable and have someone pray for you? If you're in pain, don't you want the pain gone? Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Lord, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you. Whatever pain, discomfort, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We say your word is medicine to all their flesh, strength and health to all their bones. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. This place is filled with people. How many of them are going to need prayer? Healing. Love, how many are going to need it? Counting on you. I am counting on you. Where else do you have this kind of freedom to do it? Not just get it preached at you. I'm making you very uncomfortable for some people. <laughs> Teach you to do it. Because he's our Savior and he commands that we lay hands on the sick. He commands we raise the people from the dead. He commands we can't. He didn't ask, he commands. I can ask some things of my boys growing up, but when dad gets that tone in his voice, they, they just got commanded. Oh, guys, knock it off, knock it off. Knock it off. There's a command there. He commands us to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick. And I'm just, I'll, I'll try to quit saying preach the gospel because it's share the good news. You can always share what he's done with you. It's your testimony. It's your story. Amen? Okay. We're going to see you Wednesday night.
the next Sunday. Be here. Be on time. Be ready. Come in with a word, a song, thanksgiving and praise into his presence. Are you thankful? Yes. You thankful you're in America? Yes. Amen. There are people trying to cross over right now to get what we have. Be thankful. Yeah. Be thankful we can raise our hands and say Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay, see you later then. Remember the 17th. We're going to have a good time Sunday evening. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.